success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And we have an invincible guest for you today. Carly Myers is an expert at helping leaders think high achieving executives, business owners, and managers who feel overworked and exhausted find the peace and freedom they desire. As the founder of the Stress Less Company, Carly has helped hundreds of professionals around the world take action to reduce stress through her educational and mentoring programs. She believes there is no one size fits all when it comes to stress management. Carly Myers, a diplomate of the American Institute of Stress, has had her work most recently featured in the media outlets such as Parade, Fox 29, Good Day Philadelphia, The Maui News, and Holy Magazine. Welcome, Carly. It's so great to have you here on the She's Invincible podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, isn't that fun to be introduced? <laughs> You're like, is that yeah. me? Who is that girl? <laughs> I know. I want to know her, right? <laughs> oh, it's so fun. So let's jump in. I'm so excited to introduce you to our listeners and this most uh, sought out, you know, topic of stress management, OMG, right? If we haven't had our fair share of that over this last year and a half, I don't know what we've had, oh but God, we is. need more. So let's do it. Let's tell our listeners how you got where you are today and what makes you invincible. Yeah, totally. So I always like to say when someone asks me that question that we've just opened a can of worms, <laughs> just full disclosure, a can of worms right here. Um, but yeah, you know, I actually got into this line of work because of something that happened to me when I was a kid, believe it or not. So when I was about 12 years old, a man was murdered in my home and my mom was shot three times. Yeah. And so around that time, you know, just before this happened, things weren't working out between my parents, they get separated and my mom starts dating again. And Lo and behold, she realizes as she's dating someone new that this someone knew there's something off and that this guy's, you know, a bad apple. And so she broke it off. And as we do when we go through breakups or separations or divorces, right? Like we start dating again. And that's exactly what my mom did. Um, but the problem was, is that that bad apple never stopped paying attention. And so a few weeks later, he broke into my childhood home, killed my mom's new boyfriend and tried to kill my mom. So it all started there, which is a really crazy, crappy, <laughs> just uh, start. But my mom actually ended up surviving. Um, she wasn't supposed to survive. The doctors literally said she had a 3% chance of surviving. Um, but while my mom basically made a full recovery, 
Um, you know, if you saw her today, all she has is a slight limp and a pair of reading glasses. While she basically made a full recovery, I really struggled for a long time. You know, I struggled with the symptoms of PTSD, with stress, with overwhelm, jumpiness, night terrors. I mean, you name it, I was probably freaking struggling with it. And it took me years before I even opened up and told anybody that I was struggling. Um, I thought that I would be like the straw that broke the camel's back. I'd be the the thing that broke my family um, if I opened up. And so when I finally got the courage or got brave enough to open up, I said things like, you know, hey, I'm feeling a little stressed or I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or I'm kind of struggling and saying those things. Holy crap. Like that was so hard just saying that and opening up. And I would ask people for advice and it was just like clockwork. I got the same five or so responses. You know, have you tried therapy? Have you tried yoga? Have you tried meditation? Have you changed your diet? Have you, you know, when's the last time you hit the gym? And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> like, what? I'm not been living under a rock people. Come on. And um, some of the stuff didn't work at all. And some of the stuff worked a little bit, but nothing ever got me over that hump where I was experiencing, you know, that beautiful state of mind, you know, peace, freedom, contentment, silliness, whatever, you know, whatever it was, that beautiful state of mind. And so I ended up as a result, you know, I kept showing up and trying to do these things. I want to be clear because, you know, I would get these messages from people like, oh, you just haven't found the right insert thing. You know, like, you just haven't found the right exercise routine, or you just haven't found the right therapist. And boy, is that true? Like dating therapist, that's, yeah, it's, it's like dating, <laughs> but oh, you just haven't found the right meditation practice. You haven't done it right. And so I kept showing up and doing these things over and over again, thinking that there was something wrong with me or something wrong with the way that I was doing it. And as a result, I ended up struggling for more than 10 years. And it was, you know, 10 plus years of, of struggle until I finally kind of stumbled upon what worked for me. And it was at that moment when I realized, you know, there is no one size fits all when it comes to stress management, when it comes to mental health across the board, there's no one size fits all those five or so mainstream approaches that I mentioned. I just want to be clear. I'm not hating on them. They work for so many people. That's why they are mentioned so often, but it may not be the end all be all for everyone. And it may need, we need, maybe we need to pair a few things. And so for me, it was like, oh crap, like there is no one size fits all. And it was at that moment where I was furious. I was, I was just so angry. And I was like, you've got to be effing kidding me. Are you like, why isn't anybody talking about this? I just, in my mind, I was like, I just wasted 10 plus years of my life with night terrors, with stress, with overwhelm, with struggle. And because no one's effing talking about this. So I threw my temper tantrum and then I had the next realization where I was like, oh crap, like I'm supposed to be the one that's talking about this. And so I started the stress less company and I have, you know, now I share everything that I've learned and I share the system, the stress less method that I've developed to help each person who is, who wants emotional freedom, who wants to do the work, figure out exactly what works for them to get from that state of struggle to that beautiful state of mind.
That is amazing. And you know, it almost seems senseless to say what makes you invincible, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so, so tell our listeners, Carly, what makes you invincible? What makes me invincible? I think, I think if you were to ask other people, what makes me invincible is the answer would be determination and resilience. But I think I would answer that with hope. I think that I've always, even, even in like, what is the saying? Like in the valley of the shadow of death, you know, like even when I've been there, I always knew like deep down in my heart that, that things would get better. And I think that's what made me invincible because it gave me something to work towards and to discover and uncover. I love that hope. Hope is the the answer. So I just want to dive into this a little bit more. Um, about this whole teenager thing, right? So it's already difficult to be a teenager, especially, you know, in those years where, where you were a teenager and even, even now it's even more so. So, you know, what do you say to, you know, you were, you were feeling this, you were holding it in for a long time. Then you were saying things, but people still didn't get it. What kind of advice would you give to someone who has a teenager that, you know, what, what to do, what not to do, you know, and I know we'll dig deeper into your topic, but is there like one thing that's, that was done to you or not done for you that you would say like, this is a thing. I think that even though it was painful for me when I finally opened up, it was the thing that helped me learn what worked and what didn't work for me. So I would say like my one piece of advice is even if you like, you're terrified and you don't want to tell anybody and you do feel like you're going to be the thing that breaks whatever, like still, you know, if you search for that person that you trust, right. And that, that you respect and may not be your fan, it may not be your parents. Maybe it will be, maybe it won't be, but find that person that you trust and, and let them know what's going on because it even just sharing, even if they don't have a solution, even just sharing, that like the heaviness with someone else can make it so much lighter. That's great. That's really great. Okay. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about stress management today and during this stressful time. And I'm sure our listeners will be thinking, why, why didn't I hear this a year ago? Right. But (laughs) Hey, we, we are, we still have a long way to go. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. There are going to be so many things that we find that come from this past year. So let's dive right in and let's talk about this stress management. Yeah. So um, we can totally dive in to the stress loss method, because I think that's a a really great place to start. Sure. Um, Especially just mentioning all the learnings that I've gotten from my own experience here. So when we're talking about managing stress, when we're talking about going from a state of struggle to a beautiful state of mind, or even dare I say, emotional freedom, um, the first step that we want to take is to manage our energy. That is the foundation. Um, So if we are pissed off, if we're uh, feeling despondent, if we're feeling like overwhelmed, like running around like a chicken with our heads cut off, like if whatever that is, that, that more negative state of mind, when we are in a triggered state, however that shows up for you, and it's different for every one of us, the first thing that happens when we're in that triggered state is that our critical thinking goes out the window. So our ability to effectively solve problems out the window. 
And when we're talking about resilience and invincibility, we need our critical thinking. Oh my goodness, do we need it? Especially in leadership, in, in business, oh, 100%. So if our critical thinking goes out the window, well, we are royally screwed. So managing our energy is all about you know, helping us getting, get our critical thinking back and getting us out of a triggered state. So in order for us to do that, we usually start with something called creative stress reduction. And this is where you, you kind of get the no one size fits all because, and you'll get that vibe as I share this with you, because it is really not like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, first step is manage your energy. Now sit your butt on a cushion and let's meditate. <laughs> no, no, it is really about finding what uniquely works for you. So creative stress reduction is any activity that gets us out of fight, flight, or freeze mode, that triggered state, and into a state of, of you know, play, flow, or in more kind of clinical terms, rest and digest mode. So this can literally be anything as long as it achieves that rest and digest mode. So it could be playing with your dog. It could be going on a walk. It could be um, formatting an Excel spreadsheet if that's what you're into anything goes, but it could also be going to the gym. It could also be sitting on a meditation cushion. It could also be, um, having a great talk with a good friend, anything goes here, but there is really no rules except for that. It has to get you out of a triggered state. Now there is a nuance to this. And the nuance is we're going into this with nurturing energy versus numbing energy. So we're not going to engage. We're not going to tell ourselves that we are engaging in creative stress reduction or managing our energy by eating a whole tub of ice cream. Like probably not. That's probably a numbing feature, right? So the whole goal of creative stress reduction and managing our energy is to get us back into a state where we can address the problem at hand. That is the first place we start. Unbelievable. I love that too, because how many people I'm guilty too of numbing, right? I numbed my way through a pandemic. Like I need a t-shirt that says that, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. All right. So let's keep going. Tell yeah, us okay. More. So if we, we manage our energy. We find the thing that gets us into that rest and digest state. We get our critical thinking back. The next thing that we want to do is we want to sit down and move on to step, step two, which is to identify our blocks. So what do I mean by that? To identify our blocks, what we're going to do is we're going to start with just really looking at everything that is driving us crazy, everything that is making us stressed out, everything that is making us angry, everything that's making us feel sad or despondent, right? The whole gamut, everything that bothers us. This is where you can actually have that, like, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss. Am I allowed to, to curse on the show? Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. We'll mark it explicit. <laughs> Well, marketing, <laughs> this is where we can have our literal shit list, right? We can write down, this is everything that's making me angry. This is everything that's pissing me off. This is the whole nine yards. So it could be something as small as like, my messy desk is driving me freaking crazy. And it could be as large as like, this is, oh God. It could be as lar large as I just got fired from my job, right? It could be, Anywhere on the range, it could even be bigger or smaller than either one of those. So everything goes here. Now, here's the thing. Everything that we list out, that is actually not the block. That's the, the symptom. That's the stressor. 
So step two is really about digging deeper and saying what's beneath the surface. Like what is really the problem here? How have I created more suffering for myself? And so once we get clear on that, then we're able to move on to step three. Now, before we move on to step three in the stress less method, I want to just give you an example of what that block might look like. So uh, a great example is that perhaps, uh, let's go with the messy desk example. That's the thing that's driving us crazy. Um, we go through the process and I actually have a few, a system, a block inventory, if you will, where there's a bunch of columns that all my clients need to fill out. We go through that whole process and we find out that the way that they've created more suffering for themselves is that they've told themselves that they have to be like a type A personality. They're type B. They've told themselves that they have to fit into a box and that they have to be organized and clean, even though they know where everything is on that desk and that that's their system right? They told themselves that that's not good enough. And so that is the root. That is the block for them. That doesn't mean they can't get it organized if they want it to be, but it should not be coming from a place of I'm not good enough. I'm not measuring up. And right. So that's the deeper block. Then we, we have the awareness of, and we can start working on. So great example there. Same thing could go with an example around money right? I am terrified that I'm not going to have enough money in my bank account. How have I created more suffering for myself? Let's say it's that we've completely avoided looking at our money. Very common. <laughs> and maybe we've, we've uh, paired that with, we avoid it and we also are spending it. And so that makes us even more terrified, right? So the block there may not be, it's, it's not about the lack of money or the fear of money. It's actually about this, this avoidance of money. And so then we can, we have, we can do something deeper with that. And we might even go deeper into that. And there might be some money beliefs that need to be addressed there. And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about blocks. Now, once we have that thorough block inventory, what we have the opportunity to do is to say, what is showing up the most? What are the patterns? I was just working with a client the other day and I couldn't believe it. She had about 40 some items on her inventory and 45 I think it was like 48 items and 45 out of the 48 all boiled back down to one singular block. The block being the belief that she had to change in order to be loved. That's crazy. Crazy. And I was like, well, you've just made our work very easy. We're going to focus on this, right? But we look and what, where is it? What blocks are showing up over and over and over again for me? I can tell you hands down when I first did this, the block that showed up over and over and over again was my fear of abandonment. And so I was like, all right, time to get to work. Time to get to work. So that leads us into step three. Step three is to create your plan. So it's not good enough to know all of the blocks. What needs to happen next is to say, what is most important for me to work on? So for me, it was my abandonment stuff. For her, it was the need to people please, the need to change so that she could feel like she was worthy, right? And so we go through the whole block inventory and we say, what's most important? What's next? What's most important next? What's next? What's next? What's next? And we actually create a journey for you to step into emotional freedom, the unique plan for you which is not something that we're talking about when we're talking about those five <laughs> mainstream approaches, by the way. Those five mainstream approaches, with the exception of therapy, are all about step one, 
energy management. We're not getting to the roots. That's amazing that you just uh, to pause for a second to say that 45 out of 48 blocks were caused by the same thing that in one sense is is frightening. And the other sense, it's hopeful, right? Because we we look at all these things that aren't right. And we think, how are we ever going to get this all together? And what you're saying is we just need to go to one source and that might just fix most of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that that creates so much hope. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Because, you know, when you start to look at like where you're not making it right, where you're falling short in so many different things, sometimes it feels like not, it's like you can never overcome that. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. I'm sure your, your client felt that way until you were able to say like, oh, this is going to be so great. Right. Let's just, let's just blow this out. So, and you know, I love it. What's really great about that scenario too, is that, and this is something I see with a lot of my clients is we're actually trying to solve a deeper block with marketing know-how or business know-how. And so she was finally able to stop spinning her wheels on like, what's the latest marketing thing? And what email do I need to send out? And how do I need to format format my social media? And is my sales process good enough? Like she was able to finally shift out of that energy because it had nothing to do with that. And then everything flows naturally, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I hear that so many times and I've actually seen it happen for myself, but yet it's still so hard to convey that to people like just fix this and everything else will come, but it's true, right? It just happens. Yeah. And I think that's the power of step two, really doing that block inventory, because then they are, you know, we're able to see the real connection because, you know, we can say like, oh, work on yourself and everything will fall into place. And they're like, work on what? Like, what do you, if I, if I get my nails done every week, I'm not going to get a client, right. Or whatever it is, right. That's the ego mind going crazy, but totally. So we, we create a plan step four. That's where we move into actually working the plan, right? So we're focusing on, uh, really addressing those individual blocks one by one. So whether it's, um, engaging in a full, uh, a tool that I use called fact checking, which is all about transforming limiting beliefs, um, or it's uh, maybe maybe our our block is really energy management based. Like we're just feeling anxious for no freaking reason, so we need to engage in regular relaxation activities. Um, it really depends on the client and what they need, but and what you would need as you go through this process. But that's where we really work the plan. And we stick to it. This is the part of the program that takes the longest, right? Because we may have a list of, depending on the client, we may have a list of two things that are deeply ingrained, you know, 40 years of the same limiting belief being told in our head over and over and over and over again with evidence we, we're picking out over and over again. So it feels so true. 40 years of a limiting belief takes some time to un, uncross those wires and re, uh, rewire them to serve us. But it could also look like a, you know, 15 to 20 things that need to be worked on. And so this is where resilience really shows up doing the work and having the support is so important. 100%, 100%. And then we move into step five. Step five is embrace grace. And this is really the point of the stress less method where we're experiencing a miracle or two or three, right? And, and defining miracle from a course in miracles being like a shift in perception, right? That like, oh crap, like this reality is possible, <laughs> right? We're experiencing that. And we're experiencing that beautiful state of mind more times than not. 
But this step is really about like being in maintenance mode. It's being, you know, like the stress of life is, is not going to go away. Like we can a hundred percent handle the messy desk and the things that are within our control. We can even handle a difficult relationship if it means leaving or having difficult conversations, right? We can get to the place where unnecessary stressors aren't stressing us the heck out. But we cannot, as much as we'd all love it, get to a place where unpredictable things aren't gonna be thrown our way. And so at maintenance mode, this is the place where we are, first of all, intentionally continually looking for blocks to reveal themselves like things that are just ingrained in us that we haven't yet seen and we're working on those and then we're also in the place where things like a global pandemic or a stressful presidential election or a social unrest or whatever 2020 has been a quite a year right where we're able to take that information in those stressors in and even if they knock us down, we get up so much quicker than we would have without the process. Oh, I love that you're saying that, right? Because that's what we're all about here at the She's Invincible podcast. It's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get back up. And the, the more that happens, the faster it happens, right? You don't mm -hmm. stay down as long and yep. you're able to get back up a lot quicker and you don't lose so much ground. Exactly. Exactly. And it's that, pl that place where you get knocked down and you're able to get up without, without like also just using all of your energy. And like, cause one of the things that I see with my clients is that, um, especially when they, they, they come to me at the beginning, I, I think I, someone used the, the best way to describe this. I'm going to steal it from them. And they said that they felt like they were buckling under the weight of holding everyone else up. It was just so difficult to, to do anything because they were holding everybody else up to when they got knocked down, it was like the weight of everybody was on them. And so to get up, it took all of their energy, everything that they had. And so that's what we move away from, right? So when we get knocked down, we've done the work so that getting back up isn't so freaking hard and it's so much more useful. And we know how to do it because we've done it how many times before. And so that's the power. And I think the other power of this whole process, it ends at step five because, it, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there that are like, take my six month program and you'll be fixed forever. Uh-uh, <laughs> calling it now. Nope, love it, but no, can't, not possible. So this is where it ends. It's that deep continual maintenance mode. Um, or I should say where the journey really begins. But um, the real power of the process is when you're able to achieve that emotional freedom, that, that real, that state of maintenance mode where you're in a beautiful state of mind more times than not, what you're doing is, or what you're able to do is you're able to actually carry hope to other people that are struggling. You're able by living, just by not changing everybody else around you, but by like really doing your deep work and showing up in your brilliance and in your grace, people will then start looking at you and they'll say, wow, like, what did you do? Like, what did you change? How are you making more money and not working so much? Like, how are you, why are you so happy? What's up with that? <laughs> They'll notice. And it's in seeing someone else achieve what you want. It enables us to believe that that's possible. And so create, that's the, one of the real big, beautiful pieces of this process is that we get to create a positive ripple effect simply by being in our, in our strengths and by being in, in a state of emotional freedom. We get to show other people that 
toxic relationships that diff like businesses that run us into the ground that all of these things that we thought we just have to deal with we don't and that there's another way i love it i love it and i always say you know when you when you live your best life you give other people courage and permission and belief, right? Because they see you do it and they say, oh my gosh, I could do that too. And it just mm -hmm. really, and we go back to hope, right? As yep. soon as they believe that they can, they can have that too. Now they're more hopeful in their living. And that is so, so powerful. Oh my gosh. So I know you have an assessment, right? So to help people that are going through these stressful yep. situations. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually offer a complimentary stress assessment to support listeners who are struggling. So if you're feeling overworked, you're feeling overwhelmed, if you feel like that that person I was describing like you're you're buckling under the weight of holding everybody else up, then I would invite invite you to apply for a complimentary stress assessment. And here's the way that it works. So I start or we start by really getting to know you, what's causing the overwork, what's causing the exhaustion, what's causing you to feel angry, whatever that negative state of mind is that how stress is showing up for you. And I listen deeply and I hold energetic space for you. And then together we get to the root of why you haven't found that peace and that freedom that you desire yet yet is the key word here. And so that is a phone call. And the way that you would apply for that is you would visit stresslessco.com slash apply. You'll fill out that application. And should it be a good fit, a member of my team will be in touch within 48 business hours, barring, of course, holidays and time off. <laughs> Of course. Uh, well, this has been such a great conversation. And, you know, you're, you were made for this. I know you know that by now, but the peace that you bring and the calm and the solitude that even is in your own presence is so comforting when you're talking about this. And I love that because that really creates a warm environment for people to step into and allows you to have that relationship and really help them where they are. So thank you so much. And I know you gave the, the site for the, the assessment, but let's go ahead and tell our listeners where they can find you for anything else. And yeah. everything, right? Everything. Totally. So you can simply visit us online at stresslessco.com. Awesome. And for the listeners, we'll have all that in the show notes. So if you're listening right now, click the show notes and click on that link and you will pop right into Carly's life, <laughs> right into her world of stress less. Doesn't that sound amazing right now? It, I know it does for me. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review. Well, this has been amazing. And, you know, I have to say that as um, 
as sorry as I am that you had to experience this in your life, I am equally grateful that you are able to use this story to help so many other people and make a huge impact in the world. And, you know, here on the She's Invincible podcast, that's what we're all about. We're about taking that mess, taking that journey, taking the good, the bad, and the ugly, and using it to step into our greatness. To, and, you know, we find that as desperate sometimes as times can be in the moment, that on the other side of it, we're so grateful because it molds us and it defines us and makes us who we are, but it prepares us for where we are going next. And so, right now, we have done everything we said we would for our listeners. I promised them that we would bring them fierce female entrepreneurs. You are silent, but deadly. <laughs> oh, no. you, have, you have that, you have that peace and calm that draws people to you, but you have that love and that skill that fixes them, right? That heals them, that transforms their life so they can move into that best version uh, but we know that the Carly that stands before us today is not the same Carly that took this journey. So we want to pull back the curtain right now. We are about to deliver some real hope to some women in the world who have gotten knocked around, got the snot knocked out of them and, you know, maybe have been or are ready to give up. So we're going to pull back the curtain. We're going to share some stories about your journey I'm so excited for you to share this part. And if you will, I would love to start with the good. Could you share a story with our listeners about the good part of your journey? Yeah. So it's, I feel like it's not so much a story so much as a state, but I think that like the real good part of my journey is first of all, like hardly any night terrors. Like they only come out when I'm not taking care of myself. So that's amazing. Talk about PTSD and managing that something you can't always get rid of. So no, like hardly any night terrors, which is amazing. Um, you know, being in a state where, especially in my business, where like, I'm not working nights, I'm not working weekends, I'm not working my life away as I used to do. And I used to really run from my problems. And, and that was my way of escape. And I'm not doing that anymore. So that's amazing. And, you know, things like, you know, some of the, the good that's in my life that I'm enjoying right now is, is gardening. Like, oh, I have a little urban garden, which has strawberries and potatoes and zucchini and blueberries, which I've been eating right now, because it is the season for it. And, um, and canning and like, I'm just engaging in a whole nother version of myself that I would have never been able to engage with had I been in the pushers mindset, had I been in the coping cycle, it just opened up a whole, whole nother level of possibility, deeper spiritual connection than I've ever had before. And that's a whole nother conversation and, um, more fulfilling relationships. And we didn't even touch that. But as a result of this work mentioning, I mentioned abandonment earlier. You know, you're right. We really didn't touch too much on relationship. And I can just imagine how important relationships are to this whole stress management piece. So why don't we take a couple minutes and just jump into that real quick and share a little bit about how important that is and why, you know, how to have great relationships, whatever it is that you can share to really help our listeners. Yeah. So it's funny that you, you prompt me to go a little deeper because one of my favorite uh, quotes, and I have no idea where I heard it, so I'm sorry for the originator, but uh, it's that relationships 
are the biggest spiritual teachers. And a hundred percent, I agree with that, um, especially coming from my own background. And I think that, you know, digging into relationships, they're everywhere. They're everywhere we look, you know, whether it's a, it's our parents, we have starts with our parents, whether it's our friends, whether it's our colleagues, whether it's a romantic partner, whether it's our pets. I mean, like relationships are everywhere, whether it's like the, the checkout lady at the grocery store or checkout uh, guy at the grocery store, like they're literally everywhere. And so we cannot escape life without relationships. And in fact, um, it's a basic human need top five on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I think it's uh, number three, love and belonging. And it can start with us hundred percent, but there is that component of relationship. And so, as I was saying earlier, that buckling under the weight of holding everybody else up, this is what I see a lot in the work that I do with my clients. A lot of my clients are, first of all, they've been people pleasers. They've been the person that's always give, give, giving their entire lives, which probably has, is the thing that led them into service-based leadership, service-based business. And so a lot of times what happens in, in us working the stress less method is that list, that inventory that I was mentioning earlier, that list is filled with a bunch of names, things that bother me, John, my mom, my, (laughs) the list goes on. Why did they do that? Why did they say that? How, how dare they, or where are they? I need them. Right. And so it's important to consider relationships when you're doing your block inventory, because that is going to give us an even deeper understanding of where our blocks are, where are we creating more suffering in our lives? for us, for our sense, our basic human need of love and belonging. And I think the other thing that happens with relationships is that we often downplay that need, that basic human need of love and belonging. We downplay that need for real connection. We're like, oh, I don't need it. It's not a big deal. I brush it under the rug. It doesn't bother me that much. But when we engage in the process, we realize that it's bothering us a lot more than we thought. And that is where Speaking of the patterns, like the block inventory where 45 out of the 48 were all the same belief, that belief had to do with other people. That belief had to do with relationship. And that, I I find that that can be one of the biggest places of transformation, especially, and this is the the thing that I would note as, as your listeners might even engage in this process, is there's that one person in your life that you can absolutely not stand even if you love them, even if they're like your husband or your wife, like you love them, but also they drive you freaking mad. Like that is one of probably going to be one of the most powerful places for you to engage in the process. Because that means one, you have the opportunity to, to nurture yourself, to understand yourself because there, I can guarantee you there are basic human needs that are not being met there. And that's why it's so upsetting. So that's like the first thing. It's like a map to your, to your sense of emotional freedom. And, and two, there's something deeper. There's always something deeper that, that how have we created more suffering for, for ourselves? A lot of times it's not wanting to have that difficult conversation or not wanting to admit that maybe the way that we're creating more suffering for ourselves is staying in a relationship that is so crappy, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a a business partnership, whether it's whatever, whether it's I, I had this experience in my business plenty of times, whether it's a a staff member, that's just totally out of alignment. But the way that we create more suffering for everyone involved is perpetuating something that's not working. So I think that that's going to be a really powerful thing to just 
keep in mind as you work the stress less method, whether on your own or with me. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Awesome. That's the bomb right there. Mic drop. It's definitely huge. Good for me. Amazing. Okay. Now we have to go to the bad. The bad. The bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, I would say the bad for me is, was just going through all of that really like sitting in the, in the crap of trauma sit and, and sitting in the results of it, you know, having, having night terrors is, is really crappy, but I would say as a result of trauma, the, the behaviors that came out of it. So the coping that came out of it was really, really horrible for me. Um, from choosing men that didn't want anything to do with me to, um, using food as a way to cope to, I mean, I could go on and on. The bad was, you know, sitting in the darkness and feeling like this is what life is. This is, this is status quo. And I just have to accept it. I can't think of a better, I don't want to say better appropriate, more appropriate way to describe what you just said as sitting in the darkness. That, that, that tells it all. Like you feel that that just makes a mark when you think about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's not bad enough, right? <laughs> Let's talk about the ugly. Tell yeah. us, yeah, tell us, share that. I mean, I know, yeah, I know you've had much ugly, you know, you don't get great success without great ugly, like yeah. enormous. So, yeah, I think, I think there's, there's quite a bit of ugly in my journey. I think, you know, from, from my mom being shot point blank in the back of her head, like we didn't talk about how serious it was. She was in medically induced coma for a while. And I was a 12 year old girl without a mom, you know? And so that was, and, and we thought that she wasn't going to survive. And so that was, that was ugly. That was hard. Um, and I would also, you know, add on that, you know, there's a particular night or I should say morning night into morning where I had probably one of the worst night terrors I had ever had. And I remember calling my high school boyfriend at the time and being like, I need you here. And I need you here now. And the, the knight in shining armor that he was, he, you know, hopped in his little sports car and he, you know, zoomed on over and, and he opened the door. But I, I remember, you know, crying in the stairwell, him holding me and just, and telling him, it's like, if this is what sleep is, I never want to sleep again. I'm, I'm so done. And like, that's basically a death wish. We need sleep to, to live. And so that was really difficult. And I'll add one more ugly because I feel like it's just one. It's just not versatile enough, like doesn't give you the whole picture. And I think the other ugly is ending up in a relationship where a, a man actually took a swing at me and, and watching the full circle of like what I saw with my mom potentially happen to me. And that was probably the ugliest of the ugliest for me to be like, oh my God what the hell just happened? Um, that was a wake up call for me for sure. But that was one of the ugliest. I will tell you that. Oh, I can't, I can't even imagine what you were thinking in that moment because it wasn't the first time you had seen that and how frightening that must've been. Yeah. Full and I'm circle. sure you, you ran for your life, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was an yeah. interesting situation. We, it was Halloween. We were dressed up. I, I think we were old people. I was dressed up as a grandma. So it was just so weird. It's like, you got to find the humor in it too. That, that darkness, like sometimes you, the healing is in humor, but yeah, it was, um, unfortunately it wasn't a situation where I needed to run, but it was a situation where we were 
where he was so angry that he needed space and I was glad that he took it. Um, and I was, I was gone. I was like, "Mm -mm, this is it. I'm not doing this anymore. You are so invincible, Carly Myers. And it's been so great to have you here to share your story and just your wisdom. And you're just, you're just an expert here in stress less. Not only do you teach it, but you live it. And that is so important. And I love that about you. So to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl, get back up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.